Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Good. Good. I haven't put my headphones in yet, so it sounds right. I'm sorry. But also, my phone is still vibrating. All right. Wow. I know what you're probably thinking. Maybe you're a little confused. What am I hearing? Is this a new episode of This Is Not A Letter? I thought this podcast was dead. I thought all of you guys were dead. Um, Scott, where have you been? Frankie. Uh, Scott Sr. Hey, listen. All of this will be answered in the episode you're listening to. Uh, if you only interact with us via This Is Not A Letter, not uh, in other forms of whether social media or streaming, um, I'm sorry. It was always my intention to continue this podcast, and it is happening. Uh, beginning of this episode talks about what the heck's been going on for the last year plus with all three of us. Um, and then we get into uh, a little bit more uh, politics and current social stuff, and we cap it uh, basically running out of time, as we always do. But I just have to say it's really good to be back. We're going to be doing this uh, podcast regularly again. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for listening and um, enjoy the episode. Yeah, I mean, like it was easily sixty seconds. Yeah. I don't know what everyone. Yeah, blink of a, yeah, about. blink of an eye, really. Oh man, how was your? Uh, <clears throat> how'd the birthday trip end up going overall? Uh, it was great. It was really low key. It ended up. I uh, like. I didn't really plan anything crazy, so I like just mm-hmm. went to Seattle by myself um a friend of mine who lives there uh, was actually in italy for the weekend so oh, okay. she was i thought i was gonna get to see her but she was like no just why don't you just stay at my apartment i was like oh wow okay yeah i mean that's that's you don't have to do that that's nice but yeah. thank you yeah so i don't know i brought a book and explored the city and that's cool it was good it was really good how was your labor day and <clears throat> Sounds everything chill. since the last time I saw oh, you. Oh, good. Yeah, everything's been good. Um, uh, I was gone. I mean, so like that month that I saw you was like just a busy month because the week before uh, Extra Life, we had been like we had family vacation at the shore, um, at the Jersey Shore, which was good. But I was gone for like a week away from the stream mm-hmm. and stuff, um, which was good. Like I, I didn't really. It was one of the first times I've like didn't. T- didn't really think about and this the stream or work or you know what I mean like I just tried yeah, to like, yeah. totally not do anything like a actual vacation like an actual vacation what you're supposed to do and uh, <clears throat> it went really well um, and then we got back for a few days and then we had extra life obviously um, but I think total we were gone like 15 or 16 days out of the month which is a lot you know to be away for like one at least for me away from the stream um, so when I came back I was a little like anxious just about like you know just because of the nature of the job is if you're not streaming, uh, you're not making money, which isn't totally right. true. There's other avenues, but like that, the, the main source of income is, of course, streaming consistently. So <clears throat> I've been really trying to hit it hard, and this last uh, this last month, and it's been going really well. Like I've, I don't know, I feel like I've doubled down on my effort and a lot of different stuff, trying to refocus. And Tab's been like keeping me organized, which we talked about <clears throat> last time, just even with stuff like this. So it's good. I feel I feel good, and you know, the delay is just getting bigger and bigger, and yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's just. <laughs> so I it's was just gonna say, like yeah. last time we talked in this capacity, you were not a father. Yes, true. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I was a uh, um, an anxious to be father, but yeah. not a father yet. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations! Even Thank you. Already 
said that to you in real life. I think but, you did. <laughs> I think yeah, I, did, I think I did. I'll always I say I congratulations. Did. I'll never turn those down. <clears throat> That's always <laughs> right. good. Good to know. Um, how's it going? What's it like being a dad? It's great, dude. It's the best. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's hard to describe. It's so funny because my, um, my brother-in-law, so my sister just had a baby too. He's like a month and a half now. And, um, I, I got to see, uh, yesterday he was in town for a wedding. So a bunch of his family and stuff, we kind of, it all coincided. We got to see each other, but I was like, congratulate him. And I was like, man, so how are you finding it so far? And he's like, dude, it's, it's so hard to explain. I like, <laughs> and I was like, I know, right. He's like, but when you're holding like your kid and you're like, this kid is like half of me, <laughs> like this is my DNA. It's just like, yeah. it really is like biologically, like it's crazy how, you know, um, you just feel so connected with it and you just instantly feel that like, you know, no matter what happens, like I'm going to, you know, do my best to give this child the best life and protect it. And you know what I mean? Like, it's all like the cliches that you hear about. Um, and it's mm -hmm. like, it's not that they're not true. It's just that until it happens, it's not really an experience. Like you could put a VR headset on and be like, yo, you know, like be a, I mean, who knows maybe they will create something like that. But I think like all the stuff that goes into it, it is kind of one of those, like once you, once you, once it happens, it's just kind of everything like clicks. And I don't know if that's the experience for everybody. I mean, obviously depending on, how a baby comes into the world, like not every pregnancy is planned or wanted or, you know, there's lots of yeah, different yeah. factors. So I'm not saying that that's like everybody's experience, but at least for me with like, with Delaney and, 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 you know, an expected pregnancy and everything that, you know, I'd hope for it's, uh, it's incredible. And then it's just like, it's like every day, the best way I could describe it for me is like every day is like the best day ever because <laughs> you like, she like wakes up and she's so happy. Like, you know, babies are just, She's just yeah. like, oh my, I get to wake up and do this all again and like learn new stuff. And they're like sponges. Yeah. And then they just make you like, God, like life was so simple back then. Like, uh, you know, she's just like wants to like touch everything and like try to talk. And, um, and then it's just cool. Like it's a blessing being able to be home and working from home because I see her every day. So I literally see like her development, like at, at its like most minute level. So it'll yeah. like, um, so like, it's hard for me, like when people will see her and they'll be like, "Oh, she's gotten so big." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, people don't like I see her every day," and then people right. are seeing her like once, like a week or once a month or even more rarely. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know, I'm rambling out, but no, it's great, dude. It's it's seriously no, it's the best. Good. Yeah, it's like the best. If you didn't I ramble, if that answer was like two sentences <laughs> and you were done, I would have been. I was really so, short with so. you. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, like it's great. It's it's good. great. It's, Being it's good. Is good. Yeah, it's you yeah. know not the best thing I've ever done, but I've you know yeah. I've done a lot of stuff, so <laughs> it's all right. Right, you still got time, dude. You still got time. Yeah, it's okay. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm having we trouble with Skype. Sorry, I just yeah. got to tell you. Just saw it. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it doing? I know mine had to update as soon as I opened it. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, but I'm on a Mac. I don't know. He's I, on a I Mac should... too, so maybe oh, yeah. maybe it's the. Same but thing. like, I don't know. I always forget my password. I forget that it's the same mm -hmm. exact box. I forget yeah. like, it. and then I don't know. Hey, hey guys. Mm. Oh, Hi. there. Sorry. Oh no, yeah, it really, really frustrates me because, like, all of a sudden today it's asking me for all these. Uh, uh, I, it's all already set up, and then today they're asking me your Microsoft number, this, this, all this stuff that I haven't used for like yeah. years. Uh, yeah, that's what Frankie was just saying to try to. I took a screenshot because I've never seen a pop up like this. But after I updated Skype today, I got a screenshot, uh, like a um, I mean, 
I guess it's a pop-up, or like a little notification that said, Skype helper wants to use your confidential information stored in Skype in your keychain to allow... I'm like, that what? sentence sounds so, like, not official. Like, what? first of all, what is Skype helper? Why isn't it just Skype? Yeah, that does Skype? not sound legit. Right? No. And then, like, what cons- what constitutes confidential information? <laughs> like, what am I... So, no. I'm going to say no until you give me a little bit more detail there. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, that's how yeah, so I like so that's what virus. happened. I think I got something like that, too. And I said no yeah. to that. And then it still said, you know, then it wanted to take me through all this new update information and, like, test your mock volume, your microphone. But the bottom line is, thankfully, um, because the account was set up by mom, Scott. So you know how mom has that <laughs> cheat sheet of all the information? I don't know if you know that. It's, like, terrible. Yeah, it's literally the if somebody broke into our house – they could access every account we've anybody yeah. in the family has ever accessed. It's a piece of paper. It's yeah, like it's a like master a list. It's like a treasure trove and of all it of just our says like Secret passwords on the top. Yeah. And well, ba- basically, it might as well say the top. The top line is banks and financial institutions. <laughs> <laughs> I've told them for. I've and told then, her for years. Then, I've been like, Frankie, Mom, that is the worst. Frankie, the next know. one is credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's real too. I mean, I, and, uh, it's, it's uh, all they were lacking is a big arrow pointing to our cash box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I was bad. I have like this little, mm-hmm. like in my uh, Notepad app on my Samsung, I have like a uh, a little note that has like all of my passwords in it. Me too. Me too. Like, yeah. I I don't outwardly write like Skype. It's just like SKP. Like, and I'm like yeah. that. Yeah. That'll divert someone who's gotten this far into my life. You know, like, <laughs> so exactly. So. Um, but the thing is, what's self-reinforcing or reinforcing about this error that we're doing here is it saves my bacon all the time because yeah. this is what I ran into the room to grab. And I'm like, I'm sure it's on here. Yeah. Sure enough, Skype, you know, and it has her um, her access information, which, you know, I was thinking, oh, I don't even know if, he, you know, she never uses Skype. So anyway, all that, you don't need to, we don't spend time on that. But anyway, so I am here, guys. So no, it's good. obviously, we were but awesome. I was getting frustrated because yeah. I was like, what? I was trying all this information and it was working. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, but yeah, like, so I guess officially, uh, <laughs> it's, I guess I'll just say like, hello to both of you. And oh. it's good to talk to you in this capacity. I know that sounds very formal. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Oh, but it's especially, so especially since you're my son, that sounds, really yeah, that formal. sounds really formal, yeah. but it's been, uh, it's been over a year. Since wow. we have gotten together to record mm-hmm. an episode of This Is Not a Letter, and just for everybody out there that's listening to this, if I don't edit this part out, which of course I won't because this is clearly <laughs> the intro, uh, that is definitely on me. <laughs> Had nothing to do with uh, Frankie or my father. They were both down to do it whenever, but I I don't know. I had a few things go on this like last year, so it definitely made fo- like focus on certain things uh, take a back seat. But I am I am back. I am motivated. I am better than ever, and I'm excited that uh, both of them want to continue to do the podcast. Uh, I got to see both of them on separate occasions and talk to them about it. Actually, Frankie surprised me um, when I, I so we have uh, a lot of you will know if you um, watch my stream or followed me at all for anything else that uh, I work with a website called KB Mod, and I've been doing podcast with them for years and obviously um, events and stuff and we do an extra life event which is you know playing video games to raise money for sick kids and we do a, a LAN every year where 
people from all over the country get together and we do like two or three days of uh, constant uh, streaming uh, to raise money. And anyway, this was the last year that we were going to do it. And so it was cool because Tab and um, my aforementioned, uh, I guess I didn't really say, but I had a baby in case, if you only listen, I I didn't mention it actually. I was like, how are we mentioning my visit to Pittsburgh before Before the baby? You you might want to clean this up before Tab listens to it. Yeah, no, well, I was trying to, yeah. Tab had the baby, I want to correct you. Yes, yes, no, I did. I, I understand. No. Yeah, t- I have a baby. We both we both have a baby. Tab had the baby, and she's great. She's eight months old now. Her name's Delaney, Delaney Elizabeth, and uh, it's been great. Being a father is fantastic. But I'm sure we'll talk more about that uh, later, for sure. Uh, but no, I was just I was trying to set up like uh, talking to Frankie about the podcast. But so I had no, there was no. Um, world or like i had no context for frankie being at this event like we Mm -hmm. hadn't we hadn't really talked uh a ton like we text occasionally stuff like that but i i just it wasn't i didn't know it was on his radar even in his sphere of uh whatever and so we get there and then on saturday the second day i think it was of the event or maybe it was friday no it was friday that you got there um i i see frankie in the back of the of the venue and it just it absolutely blew my mind come to find out that um Another good friend, um, uh, Lindsay, who I used to work with at a previous job at Machinima, along with Frankie, had uh, kind of floated the idea. Because, Frankie, you were you were in uh, Boston for a month, right? Yeah, I was um, in Boston. She found out that I was like going to be on the East Coast already, and I had initially planned on flying back to L.A. that weekend. I actually already had – I don't know if I told you the story. I had the flight booked. I was coming back to L.A. on the 17th. Right. And I was at dinner with Lindsay, and she was like – Oh my God, that's the day I'm going to Pittsburgh. Uh, you should come. Like, we should, you should, you know, that'd be great to hang out, like, two days of a live stream and then we can explore the city. And I was like, all right. And I came home and I was like, that's a crazy idea. I already have a plane ticket. And then I jumped online and, uh, canceled my flight. And yeah. it didn't cost, the only thing it cost me was like the $12 insurance or whatever I paid. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that they, I'm getting the refund of the full money, okay. And then I scrambled to book a flight from Boston to uh, Philly, which, like, or to Pittsburgh, sorry, which was uh, oddly more complex than you would think. Yeah, like, Pittsburgh I, is, it was, is not yeah. a destination city. And so I had really. a little, I had a moment of panic where I was like, oh, shit, like, what did I do? Like, that, <laughs> I, I maybe I just messed this up. Yeah. And then I uh, found a flight to to Pittsburgh and then I found a flight to LA uh, the following Monday and the whole thing I guess ended up only cost me like slightly more than it originally would have and uh, so I called Lindsay and I was like well alright I did it I pulled the trigger and so then she was like wait are we telling are we telling Scott and I was like I'll leave that on you like I don't know like if we want to make this a surprise like that's great if not like if there's like planning things that need to happen like whatever and so we got to I got to the airport in Pittsburgh and I knew her and Nick were flying in. Yes. And she had told me that like, basically there was like this half hour gap, like she landed and then there was a half hour before I landed. And so she was like, I'm going to have to just like delay. Cause she didn't want to tell Nick either. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I'm waiting at baggage claim and I looked <laughs> down this, like the longest airplane co- airport corridor. I mean, that airport is huge. Yeah. And I see Nick first, and I'm like, oh, okay, yep, and that's Lindsay with him. And so I start slowly walking towards them, and they're walking towards me. And, like, 
And Nick's version of this story is like he's walking next to Lindsay and he's like, I think that looks like doesn't that look like Frankie? It looks like Frankie. <laughs> and Lindsay's like, oh, I don't know. Let's get closer. Maybe. <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, because so nobody he, knew, right? Nobody that you were knew. coming at all. Yeah. And so then, like, I meet up with them, like, in the middle of this, like, baggage claim area. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just waiting for my bags, but whatever. And we're having this conversation, which was a couple – it felt, like, m- longer than it probably was. But this whole time, it, like, still didn't – we didn't s- – specifically say it so it didn't register to nick that like the surprise was that i was coming to see you guys yeah he mm. thought we just randomly ran into each other <laughs> you were in the pittsburgh airport just randomly right like you just and so like, i love that idea that like he just thought it was like this kismet <laughs> moment that for for some bizarre reason i'm in the pittsburgh airport like waiting for my baggage but like in no capacity my like trying to like stay there you know mm. and so i didn't realize that at first and then there's this, there was this moment where he was like Wait, oh, you're coming with us? <laughs> and but, like, you know, yeah. Lindsay had been stalling for a half hour. Like, they got coffee, they got breakfast, they used the restroom. That's so funny. Yeah, he's like, "Why aren't we going?" Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's yeah, that was great. The whole yeah, it was great. So it was a great surprise. Got to spend some quality time with with Frankie, and then of course, uh, you know, podcast was was brought up, and he was just kind of like, yeah, "Are we ever doing that?" I think Frankie, what you said to me was. So are we ever doing that again or something like that? I think that was the way you said it. I think it. like or being not... there, I mean, a lot of those yeah. guys I've, I mean, I don't really have relationships with. I, mm-hmm. Some of them I know like based on YouTube and the internet and Twitter. Sure. Um, but I never, I don't think I ever thought about the fact that like they were also like an audience for this podcast. Yeah. And it was interesting, like that one conversation that you and I had. Yeah. Uh, we did, yeah. So I don't know. Do we t- do we tell you about this, Dad? I, I don't, I don't think so. I think you alluded this. to the fact that there were some people that mentioned something about the podcast, but I don't know. Yeah. That you so I mean, I'll give him a shout out now. But uh, Suros, um, or Jules, as we yeah. like to call him, he actually came to the last Extra Life Land that we did. But he's been a KB Mod like community member and contributor for mm. for a while now, and he's a really good guy. And we. Um, basically had a discussion he's like a he's listened to the podcast and he's actually written in and like kind of communicated with me about one of the episodes it was the one i forget which one it was but we had we were talking about the idea of privilege just in general Mm. and he had been talking about how so we just we were having a discussion about the the episode and it's funny even when he like i think when i came into the conversation or whatever I don't know if you guys had already been talking about it, but I was like, wait, are you yeah, talking about talking the like, this is not a letter podcast? I was just like, yeah, same yeah, thing. I had no context. Like, maybe I was like, like, almost like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, I think. Like, yeah. we, we were having a pretty, and like, it was cool. I, part of me, like, there was a moment that I had where, at, you know, at first, because no one, I, like, no one's ever come up to me and wanted to talk about this podcast. Like, I, like, it's not like I have a following on the internet, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it was a moment where I, I just thought, like, oh, this will just be, like, a couple seconds. Like, he just is just going to tell me that he likes it and, like, cool and great and whatever. But, like, it got – like, I was, like, sincerely appreciative of just how much he had to say and, like, yeah, how like much – like the engagement. I, I didn't, yeah. You know, I didn't yeah. really give much weight to it, you know? And mm-hmm. I, it was just – Yeah, it's crazy uh, when you do, you know, stuff like this. Um, that I'm, I'm, I'm reminded I know of – what you're going to say. The, what am I going to say? You've got mail? Yes, that you've got mail. <laughs> Where he's like, you know, you write these things, and then you, you know, think somebody, you don't think anybody reads them. You don't think anybody no. reads them, and well, anyway, but no, like the whole idea, Frankie, where like you put stuff out, and then it's like, yeah. when somebody's like, oh, hey, like I really mm. like that, and I want to talk to you about right. it. It's, it's always mm. a cool, 
thing. So anyway, shout out to uh, Soros and or Jules, and um, it was a good discussion. And it was just it's exactly kind of what I wanted. I guess that is you know it's a small picture of like the podcast like coming to fruition in the sense of like obviously I want it to like be entertaining and us be able to talk about whatever we want to talk about. But like for Jules, I think he he had talked about how that episode really changed his entire perception or idea of privilege like he was saying that before he didn't really he just thought it was kind of like one of those kind of buzzwords that people used as an excuse kind of idea Mm -hmm. and that like us kind of breaking it down be like no like saying that privilege exists doesn't invalidate somebody else's experience who may have been born into it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just acknowledging that like yo like not everybody starts in the same spot and some people are you know what i mean and and so anyway i just it was a really cool, yeah, Frankie, I echo what you're saying. Like, it was such a cool yeah. experience. And so, um. Here we are. And, I mean, and, basically, and here, are. It's, here we are. It's because of him that we're recording this episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joel's, like, you, basically, you did like, it. I could have come up to you and been like, hey, so are we doing this thing? And you would have been like, nah, I have a daughter. But it was because of Jules that you were basically like, all That's right, right. That's right. It's really time to crank this back up again. No, exactly. So, <laughs> way to go. Way to um, go, Jules. Yeah, Jules and, Jules and Frankie tag team. Catalytic. Catalytic. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, like, that's basically, and so then after that, um, I talked to you, Dad, separately about, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing if you were still interested in doing it. I mean, you've had a few changes as well. You know, you're like a, you know, you were, you were, um. Wait, on, did you I, have a baby too? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to reveal that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're still working through that as a family. It's, it's a whole All thing. Right. But, um. It's a little shocking. <laughs> no, uh, but you, you were, I, I'm going to say, you know, you were, you were working in a different job, uh, different jobs, yeah. really. Two yeah. jobs, I think. Three, actually. Three. Yeah. yeah. Three previously. Part-time. All part-time. Right. But your life was a lot different than it is now. Right. So um, right. I know Frank and I have been talking a while, but we're all going to eventually kind of catch up with what we've been doing. I've alluded to, obviously, I had a daughter and stuff. And I know, Frankie, you've changed jobs as well, so I do want to talk about that. But since we've been yeah. monopolizing the conversation a lot, Dad, what's mm. what's been going on with you, know, with you since the Pickle episode, which, again, we were just talking about this, but SoundCloud just shows me... That it was uploaded a year ago, but doesn't give me any more specific detail, which is a shame. Are but you on the, on the desktop version too? It just yeah, it just year. says one year. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, wow. Well, but it's all good. Uh, yeah. I mean, there have a yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, I have a lot of changes. I mean, back when we were doing the podcast, I was. Uh, I mean, my I think I've shared before that you know my my, my career uh, is pastoral type work. You know, serving. Right church capacity, um, different roles. And I was doing, uh, I also do chaplaincy, like hospital chaplaincy. And um, I was working three, uh, three different chaplaincies in a transitional kind of time in my life and uh, doing hospital chaplaincy, retirement community, and also some work in business, um, in, a, in the business world as well as a chaplain. And uh, yeah, so, but not really sure what the future was. I, I've just always felt, you know, my Sweet spot is really working in a local church and a congregation. And my wife and I were attending a church and just enjoying getting to know the congregation. And uh, after about five or six, six months of being there, the, the, there was a pastoral change and uh, they were looking for a new pastor. And at first, I didn't really uh, see myself in, in that capacity mm. at that particular time. But long story short, um, I applied and uh I became the new pastor. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. After, uh, yeah, after a search process and the whole interview process. And uh, so I started that last November. 
And Congratulations. So That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll be coming up on a year, and uh, it's been it's been great. It's been really great. It's uh, you know I've been around the block a few times, so I know what questions to ask in the in interviews. You know, you learn some things in any field that you work in. Uh, I didn't want to get myself in a situation that um, wasn't going to be a good fit, so I just sort of said, you know, here I am. This is who yeah, I am. Put all this your chips I'm... on the table. Yeah, and... I, I just yeah. said, put them all on the table so they know what they're getting. And if I'm not the right person, then they they'll know. And uh, they put. I felt like they put all their chips on the table, which is equally important. Um, and so, yeah, it's really. I, I still kind of can't believe how it all worked out. And uh, yeah. I'm and, still pinching uh, myself. I mean, I know you're yeah. you're actually working the job, but anyway, yeah. it was definitely a, you know, it was a crazy two years. I feel like, like, uh, yeah, it really was. I mean, really I was coming that. out of a really difficult uh, situation. Uh, so I, uh, in the previous church I'd worked in, and I was in, you know, both my wife and I were in kind of a healing process during that time, and I was a little hesitant about jumping into something, but. Um, you know, through faith in God and through just the process, we just, it was the right timing for us to, and my, and my wife's loving it too. And, and of course, um, so it's, it's just a good fit. I guess it's a good fit. You know, um, one of the things about, uh, you know, we've talked in the podcast before about knowing yourself a little bit, knowing your gifts, your strengths, what you're strong in, what are areas that are not really your, who you are. So I turned 57 in August and yeah, I have a better awareness of who I am and, mm-hmm where I fit. And I think that was part of what's made this so good is that I, I kind of know who I am and I was able to define that. And they, they got, you know, they got who, someone that, um, that fits them. And, and frankly at 56 or whatever I was or 50, yeah, 56, it's sometimes hard to find a place at that age because people yeah. start looking going, eh, not really looking for a 56 year old pastor. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you bring experience to the table, so that's that's the upside, but that's not always what people are looking for necessarily. So, yeah. um, and then of course I have um a granddaughter, which is <laughs> a huge exciting thing. Mm-hmm. And uh and we also uh, added to the uh to the flock a grandson in August. Our daughter had a son-in-law had a baby. So, so yeah. we're we're really entering some really exciting uh, phases of life right now. So, so it's been great. Yeah. New job, a granddaughter, a grandson. I mean, you guys, yeah, it's, uh, life is good. It's good. It really is. And I have to say like, you know, without getting into too many of the details, you know, having known like all of the kind of more, um, I don't want to say grimy, but you know, like the tougher details of like the past two years, I have to say that like, seeing you go through all the stuff that you ended up like going through and then coming out on the other side, like with this, you know, with this fit, with this church, which is a great church and you really getting to use like all of your gifts, like mm-hmm. that. And that, and, like you said, like, you know yourself really well now and stuff, but really being able to like administer those is like, mm-hmm. like, a, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a weird, it feels weird to be so satisfied for somebody else but i mean it makes sense because mm-hmm. but like i feel mm-hmm. like i've won to i don't it's just weird even though i had nothing specifically yeah. to do with it but it, it just yeah. it feels like okay like this is what was in the cards the whole time it just took a lot of you know what i mean it, you went it yeah. was there was a lot of pain on the way uh, right. to it and right. of course there's no guarantees in life and, and anything but it really right it was like this right. collective exhale for me of just or not just me i know like all of you know your kids and mm-hmm. feeling like, man, like finally, like yeah. they're going to get, they not only got a break, but they, they went through all of this really tough stuff and came out uh, with something that really seems like it's going to last for a long time, which is, 
which is what you want, and is like the best case scenario. So yeah, I don't yeah. Know. No, I appreciate so, that. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I think that you know part of that, Scott, is like you know it's 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 a weird dynamic. Um, you know, as you as you got get older, you know, yeah. um, it's how parents feel about their children. <laughs> mm, yeah, um, I, I guess you know it's it's yeah, like there's nothing more exciting than seeing your 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 kids, um, you know, get to where. Mm-hmm. the best place for them and you right. know and i think it's just the same you know you, you know you you're like it you know as your parents you want us to be doing well you know you want us you know it's, it's yeah, a, exactly it's it's good for that so and and our kids have have been you know tremendously supportive of us during the the uh difficult uh stretch that we went through um and they were a key key for us so it, it's a, it's a, just a exciting to um to be able to uh to be in that place and 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 having um you know been around long enough in life to know that you just enjoy what's in front of you because as you said scott there are no guarantees in anything but you just sort of say hey this is a great a nice uh stretch i'm in right now and Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna enjoy it and um and just you know uh just make the most of it and uh so yeah so i'm i'm i feel like i'm very blessed and um and um yeah so yeah that's awesome yeah that's good and but i am excited about I mean, I, I've totally understood the the pause in the podcast. Um, you know, that's a big transition having a baby and adjusting to all that. So I totally yeah. understood. I already understood yeah. that. And I kind of felt like at some point, I didn't know if you would if you would ever, you know, find or work it in. If it would ever be something that you would be able to sort of relaunch, you know, in terms of your your schedule sure. and everything else. Yeah. Um, I definitely wanted to see it get relaunched, but I also yeah. didn't want to put any pressure. I knew about it and I, I just assumed that Frankie was interested in relaunching it. Um, <laughs> but I figured I knew, I knew what was going on and I knew that it was just going to have to be timing that worked for you. So I am very, I was really excited when, uh, you came, you came yeah. and told me, Hey, you want to start yeah. this back up. And I, yeah. and I think that even though I didn't know the story about, um, Jules, I was, when I heard that Frankie had surprised you and, mm-hmm like met you down there and are out there in Pittsburgh. I thought, Hmm, that's interesting. We'll see. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's one thing to be, did you know, I have across... ulterior motives? Well, not even that as much as like, it's one thing to be across the country. It's another thing when you sit down with somebody yeah. and it's like, Hey, like, dude, like, Hey, can we do this? Are we you doing know? It? Yeah. No, and, totally. And so you kind of saved me from, you, it's easier for you to say that, Frank, than it is for me to say that. So, um, you know, no, but, it, was, um, it was good. But I'm glad. I'm glad because yeah. I do think we have. I think I really personally. I just really enjoy it. I mean, regardless of you know how many people listen. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that people listen. Obviously, we do it for that reason. But I just enjoy it. So it's just fun. So because I love to talk. I mean, as people well, figured out, that's yeah. what I'm paid to do. I'm yeah. paid to talk, basically. Right. So you know, uh, I like talking. We all like talking. That's why we're all on three here. of us definitely have that thread in common for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I started a new job back in May, uh, which was a oh man, it was a difficult transition, but also like a decision I knew I, I just had to make for myself. Mm-hmm. But it was like really hard. I mean, I'd been working with Mario and Tiff for almost like just over two years, and yeah. it was really, really. I mean, I was very happy working for them. I love them dearly. Um, it was a really difficult decision that kind of came out of nowhere 
because hmm. uh, I wasn't really looking to change jobs. I was more or less looking for like a secondary form of income or just to like write on the side in some capacity and doing something else like additionally. And this job just sort of unfolded in that process and it was something I couldn't turn down. Hmm. And so I'm working with a like a an agency for the first time, a marketing agency. Um, and it's been really fascinating because the majority of the job is completely remote. And so that's how I got to go back to Massachusetts for a month. Uh, right. I was still working while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, but it's also been strange because the first two months of the job, like I'd taken the job knowing like, oh, this will give me a little bit more freedom. There's some flexibility. I can work from anywhere. So as long as I can plug into the internet, I'm fine. But it had the reverse effect where for like two months, I just kind of became a hermit. Like I mm. set up shop in my house and I was like, oh man, I'm not like, I would get to the end of a full day and I'm realizing, oh, I didn't, I didn't shower this morning. I just, <laughs> like, I just started the morning and didn't even mm. think. Um, and so that was part of the like, getting out and going to Boston for a month was, yeah. I mean, it was like a couple things that led to it, but mainly I, I recognized that I was, I needed to break this like weird pattern I was in. And luckily right before that, like towards the end of July, um, or like early, no, no. Yeah. It was the end of July. Like I had a couple friends who also had either like they're in between jobs or they were working remote as well. So we started going to like coffee shops and different places where it was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting out of the house. I'm, I'm realizing I could do this other places. Um, so that's just, uh, that's just been good. And also just knowing that like, um, I, I didn't really, I didn't burn any bridges in making that. I, I was really nervous. About yeah, that's tough. I mean, because it was just hard. to give some it context for people that don't know is like, um, you know, like we've been friends, like Red and Tiff are really good friends of, you know, yeah. m- me, but also obviously like you. And so when you work with friends, I'm sure that's kind of like another, level of so like hard. connection to try to yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure so i totally like sitting that. them down to like yeah. give my notice was mm. uh, i mean it was really challenging mm. yeah and yeah. i i mean thankfully they were completely understanding and mm-hmm. like i've i like i got to see them three times this weekend and it was fantastic like that's good it, yeah it was yeah. really good it was like uh i it's I don't know. I I miss them. I miss seeing them on a regular basis. And um, like I said, like I was completely happy working with them, so that wasn't really the issue. Um, I just needed. I just think I'm I'm still even at this ripe old age, still trying to figure out my path and what I'm mm. doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, I, it's been good. It, things are things are things are good. Awesome. It's, that's awesome. it in a nutshell. <laughs> that's yeah. great. No, that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, so all of us are like nobody. I'm glad to hear that nobody's homeless right now. Like none <laughs> of us are. It didn't seem any of us are like too too depressed any more than normal. But we haven't started talking about politics or anything. So that's no. you know that's that's a whole. Nother. Well, it's funny that you say homeless because like I could talk <laughs> about like one like this weird moment happened while I was in Boston where. My roommate texted me. Oh, and yeah, you so told me about had, this. Yeah, yeah, we've had this like ongoing back and forth with our landlord. Yeah. We don't actually have an active lease, mm-hmm. and that's a long story, but there's just no lease. There's no legal mm-hmm. binding anything. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just like a, a trust thing at this point, but it's not mm-hmm. even like a month to month. It's not like it was like, oh, the lease is expired, now we're going month to month. It was like mm-hmm. 
the, the landlord just didn't want to redo the lease. Mm. But now I got a text when I was in uh, Massachusetts and he wanted to raise the rent an additional $2,000. Mm. And mm. we were like, uh, <laughs> what? but also like he doesn't really take care of the property. He doesn't take care of the landscaping. Mm. There's a ton of rain damage to like parts of like different ceilings and different rooms, which to his credit, he did have an ins- The last time it really rained out here, it got really bad. And we, he had an insurance guy come look at it and we thought things were on the up and up. He came in, he took pictures, he took notes. He had like a, like a clipboard with all the like whatever (laughs) and that was about i think almost six months ago and like nothing has happened Mm -hmm. and now he wants to raise the rent we're like dude like you own this house and you're not taking care of it and it's not on us like i'm not gonna invest money additionally not when you're renting so uh, technically so technically you could be homeless at any point well i haven't really i haven't outwardly really expressed this to many people but yeah basically i we have planned to get out of the house by the end of the year and i'm not really sure what that means for me right now i'm Mm. kind of Mm. exploring my options so anyway not homeless but right but could be but yeah i mean stay tuned stay tuned who knows (laughs) Next, that could next be a time. great episode. Next time we're going to yeah. be hearing Frankie on his phone and be like, "Is that is that bouncing off a cardboard box?" The yeah, audio yeah. I'm sorry if you can hear the muffler in the background. <laughs> we'll do a <laughs> like we'll do a go uh, we'll go GoFundMe for you, Frankie. Yeah, if that happens, don't worry, we'll, f- we'll figure something out. But yeah, um, hey, we'll no, we'll talk about though. Like a like a uh, you know what? I'm just going to commit to this. Let's do like an expose of like what it's like to be homeless so, in America. Yeah? There you yeah. go. There you go. That's an issue. I could um. We could actually do some interesting talks about uh, housing, right, Scott? Because oh yeah, we've we've had quite the quite the experiences ourselves yeah. as a family That's with housing, true. and we've been yeah. um, we've been on the edge of homelessness a few times. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but that's a different that's a different story. Yeah, um, not, not right now. Currently, right now, as far as everything I'm aware of, I'm I'm settled in a home. Yeah. You, well, you're you're in. I mean, the family home. As we, I mean, though that was like, I was what. <laughs> junior in high school when we got that spot yeah um, that's the longest we've ever that's been the longest place. we ever what is it how long have you guys been in that house now we, uh, thir- uh it'll be 13 years yeah this next year yeah, yeah so that that's, that's like a, that's an eternity that, for us that's yeah. how long i've been in los angeles oh really oh wow, wow. there you go yeah yeah, yeah. 13 years so is like go. we're breaking all the records as a fisher yeah, at least as this family not, not a fisher thing to do about four four years is our max usually in any one place so yeah um yeah so it's and I feel like there's been not obviously so there's been a lot going on obviously personally with us as we yeah just talked about but just uh let's maybe zoom let's zoom out a little bit more mm-hmm. and just look at um you know I, I was referencing that episode of uh, that last episode we did which was called Pickle which I believe was I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders read a letter that like <laughs> some boy <laughs> named Dylan yeah. who called oh, himself yeah, yeah. Pickle had or was it to, Dill. No, it was Dylan. No, I think it was Dylan. But yeah, it should have been Dill Pick. Oh wait, did we ever? I never I think connected. We, that bad I think we ripped on it. Did, did we rip on it? Okay, all right, just making sure. Yeah. I know it's been a minute. Yeah, well, I feel like because it was so ludicrous. Like just the whole thing was just it was. Anyway, it was yeah. it was a. It was uh, a by good the way, laugh. I checked Instagram. That episode yes. went up on August seventeenth. Oh, okay, August seventeenth. So it was pretty close to a year ago. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow, there you go. Long time, man. Yeah, it's been a minute, but um, whole world's been waiting a year. I, for like obviously, again. there's not enough time, really. I mean, we'd be here for no. forever we, we to really. There's not enough time in eternity to talk about. No, it, there actually. isn't. But 
You know, it's so funny. I'm actually looking at the uh, the info or like the the text for what the episode says, and it says that Trump has been president for 187 days mm-hmm. at the time of this recording. So obviously, uh, like we said, about a year has passed, so a lot more time has passed. And even uh, the even the Instagram post, like the copy says, yeah. Uh, this episode was actually recorded on July 27th, and a lot has happened since then. <laughs> oh, man. We're you just know, like, keep, yeah. By the time it uploaded, it was already out of date. Yeah. It's like things were happening things so are, fast. And so that's one yeah. thing that has not changed as far as like not the news cycle. It's like every every day. It's like if it's 48 hours old, um, it's just it feels like, like old news anymore. Um, yeah. But I guess – Sorry, go ahead. I was having a conversation with uh, one of my aunts the other day, mm-hmm. and she – made a comment about a thing she saw in the news and she was like, you know, I, 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 as I'm like listening to this and seeing this, I'm like, I'm surely this will be the end. Like, this is it. This is like the straw that breaks the thing. Like this is the end. (laughs) And then she's like, but wait, I felt that a couple (laughs) weeks ago, but Uh I don't remember what the thing was that Mm. made me think that. And how Mm. many times have I thought that? Yeah, exactly. Like the past, you know, absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. No, it's crazy, and and that's and that's um that's kind of what I was going to say was, um that's a good that's a good thread there because, I, how many times have we I mean we talked about it even on the episode uh, previous episodes kind of a bit even towards the beginning of the Trump presidency you're just like how can this, you know continue like how how is it not how have we not reached a point of breaking yet and, I mean I think one thing um you know positive or negative well I mean I would say it's a negative thing personally but. Everything that looked like it was going to break Trump or come out as a scandal, like the the he is a very I don't know if it's his resiliency or uh, what exactly to say, but I don't think anybody would have um, with the amount of stuff that has come out since we would talk. Like if we were able to see into the future when we're recording those episodes and all this other stuff that has since happened and come out, and you know, like the indictments of the people close to him and people actually in jail now, uh, like. We would have been like, well, that's it. Like, it's yeah. over. If we if we had seen all the stuff coming, and yet and still we're sitting here. And uh, as of right now, I'm not saying that the walls aren't closing in, which I think yeah. we're definitely a lot um, closer to to something happening. Um, with that, I, it's, I it's, also it's, can't help though, but feel know. like for all for everyone who feels the way we feel, I can't help but feel there's like a lack of a game plan. Yes, in terms of like, let's say that something even more outlandish than anything we've heard yet comes out today right and either impeachment happens or he's mm-hmm. forced to resign or whatever let's just live in that world for a second what then is the game plan i personally don't feel like anybody has like mm-hmm. even if, if we were to enter the 2020 election like right. I don't know who's the front runner on the Democratic <clears throat> side. I don't know what the nope. ideas are. I don't feel like the, it. It seems like there's a, a loud uproar of, "Hey, we're uncomfortable with the way things are right, right now, and we don't like the way things are going." Yeah. But also, if he was to resign today for in this in this you know hypothetical, then we just get Pence, and I don't really think anybody has fleshed out like what that means or, or like. I mean, I don't personally think he could get away with a lot under those circumstances. I think there would be a very a huge sensitivity to, you know, like let's just get through the next two years like yeah. under the radar and figure things out. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I just like I constantly feel 
anytime I hear people like getting all revved up about impeachment, I'm like, I, I just don't know what. Yeah, like what it's gonna look like, Brendan. Like I feel like it's getting closer. He's getting closer and closer to earning some kind of ramifications because there just seems to be too many red flags, mm-hmm. and it does seem like at times like that the. It, like I have a hard time understanding how anybody can look at this presidency and respect it as an office <laughs> of power and influence. And um, it, like it just feels like everything he does, like his constant need to defend every single aspect of his of his manliness or his masculinity or his like, like whatever, like every every day him tweeting, it's like. Dude, like you're like a kid. Like you, I don't, I don't. I have a really, really hard time. I have family members who are completely in support of him, and I've mm. tried so hard to comprehend mm-hmm. how you can look at any aspect of this and be like, yeah, like this is the dude I admire. Like this is somebody I respect, and like I trust him to lead us into like a a good future. I, like I don't. I've obviously never been on board that train and I don't understand it's Did they appeal. give you any like specific like did they what were did you that's no, interesting I, did you get honestly, any good answers like why No and yeah. like this is the part that like confounds yeah. me a little bit is I think that I think that they're the thing they're actually un mostly unconsciously attracted to mm-hmm. is it's a it's a man who has spoken uh to the layman side of who they are and the side of them right. that they have trouble recognizing is usually racist. Mm-hmm. Like I have people I know who I don't actually believe them to be racist people. And I understand that like the, tr- the struggle they have, if anybody calls out something they think or say or believe as being racist, right? Cause they're like, I oh, know how dare you say that? Like, I'm not, Racist. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's step back then. You're not a racist. But that thing you just expressed, that idea you have about mm-hmm. any number of issues is based in a racist concept or a racist structure or an idea. Like you're basing this, you know, like the ridicule, like tons of the ridicule of Obama is pure, like so obviously based on the fact that he's not white. Like if Obama was, a uh, you know any white man a lot of the criticisms that like i heard while he was president or even now like i don't think they would exist like they're very but like people don't recognize it in themselves and it's like i think it's a different generational thing i think Mm -hmm. like a lot of people who were raised in a different time don't understand that their uh their concepts of the world and the way they perceive the world has like it's there are things that are based solely on the idea that oh like people with brown skin are less than or are are not capable of or like th- there's these integral ideas but like because it's not pers- it's not like outwardly expressed that way directly like it's indirectly expressed that way and so they've never noticed it as being a racist concept right. and so it's a really difficult conversation to have. Yeah, you know, it's not because, a it's not an easy, it's not an easy right. one because there's a lot going on, like what you're saying. Right. Beneath and the then surface, you have people on then, that. You have people yeah. in that camp who are obviously outwardly racist, right? You also sure. have people who yeah. Are like, yeah, no, it's a mix. Yes, uh, nationalist, white, wear the stronger race, whatever bullshit. And so then when like when those two people end up in the same camp, the person who you know like actually isn't 
technically a racist person but like has these ideologies that are like whatever they're like yeah no i don't believe what that person's saying and it's like yeah but you do in a weird way you're you're the I, the way you view the whole system is aligned it's just they are you know they're on the surface and you're just a little bit deeper or vice versa yeah like i have i have problems with like cuz i know there's people that voted for you know i know people that voted for trump that were just like whatever two candidates i hate both of them i'm going to throw a wrench in the system and yeah. then have since come you know with like this experiment as it's just basically been um well, I hear I hear lots of different things. I hear the economy's doing great, so I don't care about anything else. That's fine. He can be a buffoon. It doesn't matter to me. I've heard that argument. I've heard um, that, uh, you know what, like, it's just a means to an end and uh, that kind of thing. You know, I don't know. I feel like it's... I feel like it's really it's it's really mixed, but I, I really do struggle with, to the point, like you were saying, where we are now with... with the presidency and kind of just the amount of scandals and things that have happened and <clears throat> the walls closing in and all the indictments and everything else that has been happening, just his behavior, his absolute inability to rise to the occasion to even just be decent in moments mm -hmm. where we're just like, right. I mean, that's where like I might not uh, align with Pence on certain things, but if Mike Pence becomes president, uh, at least at the very, it's going to be, 100% different because Mike Pence is, right. regardless true. of how much of a spineless hack I think he is for even serving in an administration with a person like this, um, uh, like he's not going to be Trump. He's going, I think he really would be the antithesis. I think he would just get through, he would be low flying on the radar, like you said, Frankie. And it would just, it would be like he would be whoever's really running the, the administration. They would do it, and it would be like, "Wow, okay, we're not getting tweets every day." It's just like right. it would yeah, be, and true. I actually think that could be—I don't know—depending on what happens. I think that could be that could be a good thing. Dad, you haven't really yeah. chimed in at all. What are, what are your? I've got more thoughts, but I want you to chime in while we're. What, while we're hold it. What were you? What are you guys talking about exactly? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're um, like I was. I was. I, <laughs> I was reading emails during all that. <laughs> yeah. no. He's like, I was checking my Trump fan mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, yeah. oh yeah, I've also. Totally changed what I thought about Trump actually yeah. since we last talked. Um, no, I mean, I, I, uh, I was, yeah, I was listening to you guys very intensely and I also was, yeah, just hearing what you were saying and trying to reflect a little bit about, you know, where I'm at in terms of compared to a year ago. Yeah. And I, I think what you had said in the beginning, Frankie, about, I don't know, it was your aunt or one of your relatives or whoever it was that said, you know, I can't even remember what it was that I thought was the end. And I thought that was a really, interesting way of putting it because I feel like that triggered me to think about how I think we're in a very different place. We're kind of in the same place, but a different place in that I feel the same way. It's like I went, I think by a year ago, I could have said, I could have probably listed four times and right off the bat where I'd say, well, I think this was the end. And then I thought this was the end, but I agree. It's just one huge amorphous mass of stuff that I can't even, I can't even remember anymore. And for me, the, the biggest concern that i have and i think scott what you just said about pence mm -hmm. um i think both of you guys have legitimate points because i think i think for me it always goes back to this that there are legitimate um policy differences and legitimate perspectives that americans can have about various issues and our system is supposed to be such that we have we can debate those issues we can feel strongly about those issues we can even be offended maybe by other people's viewpoints, but we right. we are committed to a process of debate and voting and 
a way to uh, deal with that mm-hmm. that we don't demonize and make other people like less American about their viewpoints and and um and 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 what I what I feel like is that the effect of Trump is that Trump isn't the you know we can always make Trump the main problem because mm-hmm. he is the presenting problem right and I go back to this he's the lightning rod maybe not lightning rod is the right word but he's 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 the individual that has been the object or that opened the Pandora's box right of all these evil attitudes that have been released into the culture and he's ignited and given oxygen to you know the racist viewpoints and anti-immigrant viewpoints and the and, and the whole idea that you know we're a country you know we're as they say we're a country of ideals and not a country of of blood and race you know mm-hmm. like all of us came from somewhere right except except for the you know native americans that we basically that we just slaughtered wiped. yeah pretty much right so yeah. so so be, all of us are are really immigrants so so there's that whole viewpoint that america is an ideal america is not about you know what nationality you are right but it's just i th- i think what's depressing to me about about the whole situation is having opened this pandora's box and i think frankie you touched on this i don't see how you don't close a Pandora's box quickly. In other words, yeah. even if Trump was shot tomorrow Which, or he resigned, yeah. our, we would still have so many problems because people have dug in their positions so deeply yeah. that it's like, I think if he, the man is impeached, I think I, I honestly worry about are the violence that we can have in our culture. Um, there's a lot of violent people out there and people that, you know, it's, he's released so many dark impulses. Yeah. And one thing I will say about like one thing that depressed me was when McCain passed away, which, mm-hmm. you know, yep. people came together from both sides. And I, I watched, you know, most of the funeral and mm-hmm. I think it was really great, you know, that that uh, Obama got to speak. And mm-hmm. I think that Bush and, and, and I think that was really a great thing for the country. But and, and I was really impressed with um, McCain's daughter's um, talk. And but I want to say this, like I. My first caveat is this: a person has a right to say whatever they want at the funeral of their mm-hmm. loved one. So I, so understand that I don't. This is not meant to be a criticism of her, but I just wished that, in a way, that Trump hadn't been invoked even in that funeral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, like where she talked about, you yeah, know, the part America where doesn't need to be made great again. Right. Because, and again, this is she has every right to say whatever she sure. wants to say, but. That's what, like, a lot of the news picked up on. Like, right. she had so many compelling things like to say the, about her father, right. who about how he was such a decent man and how he was a great person and how he – but that that's what everybody picked up on. And it was like, mm. oh, yeah, see that? She got to give a big dig to the president. And it's like even at the funeral, he looms He's, large. He does. He's still, still like not. he's injected into it. It's like – Because, because yeah. we feel the need – people feel the need to make sure they get a chance right. to take a shot back. Right. And so it wasn't like I don't mean that as a criticism, but I just meant that it made me sad in a way that even there, even though he wasn't invited, right. which they have every right to do. Yeah. It was like he was there yeah. because we have to make sure that we that we express know, we get a shot in. Right. And and I felt like he doesn't deserve even getting a shot because no, he but but that's so I guess my feeling is that where we are now is that it's the cumulative effect of the disintegration of of our culture. And, and I agree with you, Frankie, I guess it's just like, I don't know. 
I don't know what the way forward is because I mean the hope right now people have is if the Democrats were to win back the um, the House that you know obviously things would change and I think that whenever the Mueller report comes out I mean there could be legal steps that could be or uh, steps that could be taken political steps to right. potentially remove him and I and I think you know he does need to be removed but I agree with you that I think it's like a I've been enough I've been in enough crises in, in my life you know on a smaller scale with organizations and you guys probably have too. That I've learned through time and experience that you, you everybody thinks if you get that rid of that person you've solved right, the problem. It's just fixed. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? There's a lot of bad stuff that was happening under the surface that when you get rid of that person you got to really realize you have not yet solved the problem. And yeah. I think part of it goes back to one of the things we want to do on this podcast is uh, is get back to the at least the attempt to be civil with each other and the attempt to say. I may totally disagree with that person. I may totally right. vote against them. I may uh, oppose their viewpoint, but I ex- respect the fact that they have the right to that viewpoint, and um, I don't have to agree with them. But I am not going to engage in, um, you know, demonizing them and yeah. and acting like they're less than human or they're like less than American right. because they they don't share my viewpoint. And that's I, yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Like wholeheartedly, I think the problem becomes when the person on the other side um, is like dehumanizing people for things mm-hmm. uh, like about who they are just as humans. Mm-hmm. So like when race comes into play or when you have someone – when you have a group of people who are like – because I, I – it, it, it seemingly his presidency and his slogan – like sure, her mention of of America always being great is mm-hmm. like somewhat, you know, invoking him. Mm-hmm. But he, that is now beyond him, right? Mm-hmm. That's now this like large, or some percentage of the populace that's convinced <laughs> that America needs to be fixed and made great, and usually ties back to some race baiting issue mm-hmm. uh or like a white nationalist standpoint or mm-hmm. um and it gets really convoluted because i, I like sure we are a, a nation of freedoms and we have the freedom of speech and we have the ability to express ideas mm-hmm. but i think one of the weirdest arguments we're having right now is like the difference between an opinion and like just a hateful ideology or a mm. racist ideology or a thing that like mm-hmm. how do you say to somebody like it's such a complicated thing when somebody steps forward and they they have the freedom of speech and they their thought process is I want a pure race. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. I want this country mm-hmm. to be back to like what it used to be, you know, and it's like <laughs> When did, like, what is that? Like, I don't understand what that is. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it like relates back to all of like this, this whole idea that somehow there are some people that think we need to respect the Confederate side of the war that got us to where we are. It's like mm-hmm. that side of the war lost. The reason mm-hmm. we had, the reason we are where we are, and the reason that this country is where it is is because that side lost. Mm-hmm. And but still, seemingly, there's a fraction of the, whether it's fifty percent of this country or less, or like whatever fraction it is, like still believes that like there's reasonable messages to be had there, or like mm-hmm. things that need to be expressed or whatever. Like 
I'm so confused by that. It's like I, it's funny you know, hearing you talk. I'm realizing because you were saying that it, it's convoluted, and like I feel like we, what's so funny is that one thing that this presidency and I think the polarization that we talk about, which has been like you said, Dad, Trump is a is a um, is a symptom of the problem, mm-hmm. but he is not the problem, right? He's mm-hmm. not the mm-hmm. the problem at the core. Is that right. like what what is Trump dealing? He deals in absolutes, right? He deals in black and white. Right. Either he, you're the greatest thing ever or you're the worst thing to ever exist in, mm-hmm. in, in like his fear. That's how he handles mm-hmm. everything. Right. It's mm-hmm. either it's hot and cold, hot and cold. And the way that even it's, it's interesting, the way that sometimes I'll find myself thinking about things is in that way, even though I know that life is more complicated than that. And mm-hmm. Frankie, kind of what you're expressing, too, is also seemingly simple where you go like, OK, if somebody's profound, like like actually be using racist hate speech. I'm I'm obviously not going to be able to debate them in any kind of logical sense because I, right. I fundamentally disagree with right. them and think it's ridiculous, right, that they right. would espouse that. So it's like, but then how do you deal with people that are maybe maybe that viewpoint, like they would never say it, but like you're saying like, okay, but th- where is this coming from that you're like, no, like you want people to leave this country because you just want Americans to be left alone. And, and it's like, right. well, we're a country of immigrants. You know, how do you deal with that? And I think we need to be able to. And that's kind of what you were saying, Dad. I'm kind of tying this all back together. The whole discussion thing is like it's it's almost it's so people don't even want to discuss. People don't want to discuss it because it's complicated and it's uncomfortable. And like what you were saying, Frankie, even trying to talk to some of your family members about it. Right. And be like, yeah. what? It's it's not easy, and I mean, we just, as humans, we shy away from stuff that is uncomfortable. So it's like this almost self-fulfilling prophecy of, like, that's what the dialogue is. And then once you start thinking that way, it really is easy, even for me, too, with people that I disagree with. Or if I'm like, man, I don't see how this person could have this perspective. It's way easier for me to not even try to investigate anymore and be like, am I missing something here? Is there not like not something that's overtly racist or whatever else, or I fundamentally disagree, but even issues that might be even more gray area. I think that when Frankie was talking, I think that one thing that occurred to me that I think is really important that we not miss is like, like, uh, like I talked about my reaction to, um, I guess it's Megan McCain's, um, statement, but I think that this kind of ties back to our earlier conversation about race because, yeah. As Frankie was describing his response to it, I realized that it's an example of how we hear things differently sure. depending on our our position, our our stat, you know, who we are. Yeah. Like, like, like I the same speech is heard differently, so I hear that and I respond to it a different way. But I respond to it as a person who is you know white and part of the you know I'm not. Right. I mean, I want America. I believe America has always been great, and I believe I believe personally, as a as a white person, America is great because of its diversity and all that. But right. I don't hear it as a threatened person. In other words, I don't sure. I don't hear her no. saying that and sort of, oh man, she's great. You know, she's 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 not just trying to give it to Trump. She's trying to assert, you know, like right. Right. America is great. And so someone else like yourself, Frankie, you hear it like, no, let that's a threat. That's a threat right now that we, you know. That like I don't hear it and go oh you know I, I want someone to stand up and and, and so that because what's really scary for people that are minorities in our country is you know this this attitude of you right. know we're, we're less than you know we're less than Americans we're not really and so I think that's a good example of how you hear things um, a real quick example would be you know I, I don't know if you guys saw Serena uh, Williams meltdown yes. at the mm-hmm. and yeah I, I've been and, following and my, that. my visceral reaction when I watched that I'll just be completely honest. I thought, come on, I mean, she's making like she's really making a dramatic deal out of this whole right. thing when she 
started invoking, you know, well, I'm just mistreated. Because I'm, but the more I, I, I held back and I started reading about it and I read it and I thought about it some more and I realized, no, I think you reacted to that because you're a man that way. But because she was making the point that, you know, men say a lot worse things and they don't yeah. get penalized. And I thought, yeah, see, I react to that because I'm sort of going, well, you know, it does seem like an overreaction. But then I'm like, that's true. I mean, men drop the F-bomb, they do all kinds of things and they don't get penalized. So it, it, it gets back to that point that it really does depend on, it's your perspective, your, really. Your perspective yeah, and yeah. talking about it right. helps you to see, okay, it's not that my perspective is necessarily wrong necessarily. It's just that I'm hearing it through a different grid. And then you right. say, well, what's your world like? Okay, I can see how you would be feeling it. Anyway, uh, I just I, I think, like, but there's even, like, when you look at, I mean, I mean there's so many avenues to, like, explore that and, and, and extrapolate, like, how we perceive everything that's going on. But even, like, just looking at, the McCain funeral, like even there was a whole conversation online about how uh, uh, Barack Obama chose McCain's funeral over over Aretha Franklin's, hmm. uh, right? And like so, like the black community sees that a certain or like certain members sure. of the black community see that a certain way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, right. There's a political statement there, but even in that the entirety of the funeral, every speech that was given, Trump's name is never said, right? Right. But all of these ideas are expressed. Mm-hmm. And there's like, what does that say that so many pieces walked away? So many people walked away thinking that this comment specifically, like, whether it was Obama's or his right. daughter's applies or like, whatever, right. that it applies specifically mm-hmm. to one man sure. rather than as an idea right. beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's something there that it, it's weird that, like, even though he wasn't invited, mm-hmm. um, that like his presence was invoked so much but also it kind of begs the question like if he like was he excluded so these speeches could be given like if he was there would these things have been said Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know like there's so Mm. much to unpack there and then even Mm. who is it is it tucker carlson or somebody last night or yesterday or sometime in the last couple days said a thing at the end of his show about um I should check the name because that might not be the person I'm talking about. Mm. But he said a thing about diversity in America and like, like the way it came out is like, well, what about diversity makes us great? And then like he like tried to follow it up with tweets and the tweets are like, you know, we should be focusing on like what we have in common. How precisely is diversity our strength? Can you think, for example, of other institutions such as, I don't know, marriage or military units in which the less people have in common, the more cohesive they are? Do you get along better with your neighbors or your coworkers if you can't understand each other or share no common values? Mm. And it's like, whoa, dude, like, what do you like? Because I, I don't think like I hear that and, and I agree with that usually, right? Like one of my problems being like when I was in 12 years of Catholic school is that I always felt like so much of the conversation was focused on what made us different and what like what like separated us rather than trying to focus on like the things that could bring us together. But the way he is expressing it, it feels like he's saying, if I can't, if I don't look like you, right. And we Mm -hmm. aren't this, we aren't the same. How am I supposed to work alongside you? Mm -hmm. And that's a scary thought. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like some of these people are expressing these things without realizing the magnitude of the idea or Mm -hmm. recognizing how it can be fully perceived in a way that maybe not, it might not be exactly what they're trying to express, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's leading down a path that is 
They're... Kind of terrifying in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to because uh, I know we do, we want to yeah, try okay. to be uh, important yeah, yeah, yeah. time. But uh, just this is actually all going back to my. This is all relating back to one of my. One of my I think my favorite podcast of all time, which is Radio Lab, and I just listened to an episode that is fascinating, which I cannot recommend. I'm sure everybody listening to this, if they listen to podcasts, has listened to Radio Lab because it's one of the best. But uh, they did an episode on Facebook and Facebook's. Um, conduct policy and about mm-hmm. how basically what a nightmare it is for a company as big as Facebook to try to make one rule book mm-hmm. um, and it basically about the evolution of the rule book but it talks about stuff like hate speech and like uh, privilege and about how they have basically they tried to have one unified book to control everything right and it's like they realized not to spoil the episode that depending on where you are <clears throat> excuse me depending on where you are in the world and what culture you're from and what perspective you have that things that look like hate speech or things that um, look like privilege and et cetera, they're so different for so mm-hmm. many people all around the world. Not necessarily mm-hmm. maybe hate speech is not a good example, but like um, anyway, I just really recommend you listening to it because it's fascinating because it's the same strand that we're talking about with when you try to discuss issues like this with other people and have discussions. Mm-hmm. How like how can you how do you do it and how like how do you even like with Facebook, their whole thing is like, we try to want to make it a platform for everybody. Right. But how do we do that without, do that? Um, with also making it just, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Mm. It's, it's really I good. Think there also is something to be said about how much we are all like individual human beings experiencing our individual life. Right. Like sure. when, when we end this call, I am alone in a house. Mm-hmm. Right. And what happens to me for the rest of my day is something I will experience firsthand and I might be able to talk to you about it later, right? But I have experiences or ideas or thoughts or like I'll experience things in the day where I'm like, oh, I'm weird for doing this or like this is a strange aspect of who I am. Or like you you were saying about your wife having the uh, the uh all the passwords and the secret information mm-hmm. on your refrigerator, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Like. You, you look at that and you're like, oh, surely nobody else does. Like, this is silly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I have it on my phone and I guarantee you people listening to this are like, oh, my mom does that or my dad mm-hmm. does that. We have, right? And like these experiences we have that we think are so unique to us or like these things we do where you're like, mm-hmm. if anybody ever knew I did this, they would judge me harshly. But then once you express it out loud and people come back to it and they're like, oh, no, I do that too. That's mm-hmm. weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And those things are just uniquely human Right. Uh, qualities, right? About how we are experiencing life. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't really, I guess I don't really know what my point is other than saying, I think there's a lot more that does come, kind of pull us together in terms of like the human experience. Right. And we're allowing right. yeah. all of these like, these decorative exterior things where it's like, right. because I'm a gay man, I'm supposed to like relate entirely to gays and the gay community is this bubble that exists mm-hmm. as a bubble. And like, uh, you know, Right. The Japanese community is the Japanese community. Right, the Japanese, right, right. Like, like it's like getting to a place where we recognize like we're all in this thing, and right. like this, you know, I know that sounds so like yeah. Buddha and Zen and whatever, but like it really, I feel like a lot of the problem is that you look at somebody and you immediately find that their identifiers, and you right. think like, well, I understand their life, right. and that's when it just gets like terribly dangerous. Right. right. No, I agree, and I think that. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think that's a great point. I think it's something we kind of keep coming back to on this podcast. Is one of the purposes of this podcast is to hopefully be an example of going 
going a little deeper into getting to know people as individuals and realizing that we're all we all have some commonalities and we're all complex in that we can't be labeled and you know right. you know uh you know and we have more in common than we realize and we all you know and right. yeah and so that's like the good. shared human experience is really not that different like we're right, all humans right. and we all well, like <laughs> right right like what's uh, like like you said Gary, uh you know uh Frankie you say you know uh, as a gay man so i could say i don't even like to use the word because it's so misunderstood but i would you know uh, if you pin me right down i would say yeah i'm an evangelical christian right right but what is i, I hear stuff all the time the evangelicals say the evangelicals support <laughs> trump the evangelicals and i want to scream and i say you right because no i don't and and i right. know a lot of other people like me that don't but right. it's, it's the easiest thing to do right it's say yeah. oh i know what evangelicals are like because i know a bunch of them you know and it's the same kind of thing, you know, or what, what's a, um, you could say, Scott, what's a video gamer, a professional right. video gamer. We sure. know what they're like, right? right. So anyway, um, really quickly, I, I pulled up Tucker Carlson's tweets as a follow up to a show. And I, because I brought it up, I want to read it verbatim just so you have the context yes. of like how, because I kind of sort of understand what he's trying to say, I think. But then I'm like, maybe I don't. Maybe this is darker than it seems. Mm. But so, um I, I, it's six tweets, but like I'll try to speed it up. So he said – basically, I'll cut in the middle. He basically said a thing on a show, and he starts here with a quote from the show. This is the quote. Um, Do you get along better with your neighbors and coworkers if you can't understand each other or share no common values? And if diversity is our strength, why is it okay for the rest of us to surrender our freedom of speech to just a handful of tech monopolies? End quote. Four of six. These are the questions our leaders uh, – now, this is, these are tweets that aren't quotes. It's a response to the mm. quote thing he said in the show. These are the questions our leaders ought to be asking every day. How does a nation of 325 million people hang together? What do we all have in common as Americans? Why should we remain a country? Nothing is more important than answering this. But our leaders aren't even asking these questions. Instead, they're trying to silence anyone who raises them, while at the same time promoting mindless tribalism for political expedience. Division keeps them in power. What's at stake isn't a cable news segment. It's the existence of rational conversation in America. If they can prevent you from asking honest questions, there's nothing they can't do. More on this tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a part in the beginning where it feels like, oh, dude, I don't really agree with you. But then right. like, towards the end, it's like, what do you – when you say like – oh, God, I already lost it. <laughs> um our leaders aren't even asking these questions mm-hmm. it's like what who are the leaders you're talking about like, mm-hmm. what what are you invoking here and if if your fear is that you can't understand your neighbor or that you don't have anything in common with them and them. thus like I, I, right and like thus like you like <laughs> then you're asking should we even be a country it's like right yes dude like that's what makes this place so great like i like yeah. uh, god there's so much to unpack there i didn't realize but i also feel i and just to kind of revert back to something that was said earlier there is this notion still in this country and i'm hoping it's more and more generational and then it's fading out but when people when a white person and this is obviously generalizing but it happens all the time see somebody of another race there is an assumption that they aren't born here that their families aren't from here mm-hmm. right sure yeah right? yeah and that is probably one of the most racist constructs that exists and that's something I was kind of referring to earlier is like I have 
people in my life that have that construct in their head mm-hmm. and they don't understand that it's racist and they like they don't even know the like the precipice of the idea but they look at like a japanese family or an african american family or like any family that's not white and immediately like there's a a thought that like you know if they were to have a conversation like oh where are you from <laughs> you know yeah yeah, yeah. and i yeah. can't get like i can't I've never been able to understand that, like how you mm-hmm. can't just get over the idea that not everyone born and raised in this country mm. looks like you. Yeah. It's so incredibly. Right. When we're a country actually founded on that, like, yeah. you know, well, to, right. well, to, you know, our diversity yeah. is. Yeah. But I mean, even myself, it's funny that you say that, like, I think I've probably been guilty of. Like, and I don't, you know, I don't consider myself a racist person by any means, but I think also the other thing, anyway, the, wait, God, this is, this, this is what happens, Frankie. It's fine. Yeah, 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 where we go, but like, even yeah, the idea it. that like the black and white, like, go silent at one point. people are just racist or they're not racist is, it is not true. Like, there Agreed. are people that are more racist than other people, but literally everybody innately and, and, and regardless of culture. People, I'm not, and I'm not, like, I don't think there's anyone that has, ne- that has just lived a life and never done anything that could be misconstrued as racist. Maybe. I'm not yeah. talking about overt stuff, but even just yeah, yeah, yeah. things that we have in our heads that. where I'm like, I look at a Japanese, like, even you say a Japanese family, I might not assume, like, if they start speaking perfect English, Frankie, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe in my head, I go, like, oh, okay, like, they must have been born here or whatever. But why am I even, why is that right. happening? Right? right, like what? What is that about? So that's a whole right. other really interesting discussion that I think we should have. Yeah, yeah. But we are running out of time. But this is good because yeah. this is we're gonna listen. We're gonna be cranking these out. So don't I don't know. worry, everybody so. listening. But yeah, yeah, it's good. But it's uh, good, guys. We haven't we haven't lost our mojo, right? I can tell. Yeah. Like, yeah. We we basically I, could go for another four hours. We've been holding we on to this stuff for years. I'm There's hoping so much we stuff. have. Are we gonna do this again next Monday? Because I already have bullet points of like another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Hopefully. Um, we're, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll check the schedules and everything. Thanks so much for listening to the reunion episode, I guess we'll call it, of This Is Not A Letter. It's been a year plus in the making. We've been on uh, quite a hiatus, but I'm super excited to be recording again uh, with Frankie and my father. Um, if you are new to the show, and this is the first episode of the podcast you've ever listened to, um, I highly recommend you go back and listen to the first episode of the show we ever did and all the other episodes. I think they're pretty solid and can kind of give you an idea of what this podcast is, um, what we are trying to do. I mean, we talked about it a bit in this show, but um, yeah, there's some good content, um, like I said, that's over a year plus old now. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can follow us on Twitter at This Is Not A Letter. You can send emails to us at TINALpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram. Obviously, uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast. Subscribe to the feed. And, yeah, I'm just super excited about the future and happy to be doing this again. Um, we will be having guests on in the future. Uh, got a bunch of really uh, interesting topics to delve into um, on upcoming shows. So, yeah. Uh, thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Farewell. <laughs>